Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. Can somebody shout, I've got the victory. God bless you. You can be seated today. Aren't you glad for victory? Isn't God good? Uh, I would like to point out in your uh, bulletin, we have uh, spotlighted couple of our volunteers, Ron and Alice Wilson. And I, I wrote in there, they have been here forever. <laughs> and they have always, uh, their faithfulness and their, their contribution to our body is just awesome. And so we wanted to give a big shout out to them and thank them for who they are to us. Why don't you give them a hand? <clears throat> Praise God. Just before getting into preaching, I have, you know, kids, they say things and they try to get it. Sometimes kids just don't get, get it right. right. Sometimes adults just don't get it right. So anyway, I've got several things of kids said, uh, God bless America through the night with a light from a bulb. <laughs> This, this one's kind of challenged in the, in the Lord's Prayer and said, give us this day our deli bread. <laughs> Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Coast. <laughs> that was a popular song. We shall come to Joyce's bringing in the cheese. <laughs> you know that song? We shall come to Joyce's bringing in, that one. <laughs> This is another one, you know, part of the, the uh, Lord's Prayer. Yield not to Penn Station. <clears throat> and here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures. Here we go. <clears throat> Somebody say, here we go. <clears throat> I like this next one. This is uh, the announcement just as, as Jesus was being born, you know, in the manger and the angels appeared to some shepherds. While shepherds washed their socks by night. <laughs> and then finally, he socked me and he boxed me with his redeeming glove. So in a, in a, a bit, <clears throat> we're going to receive communion. This morning, I like communion, don't you? <clears throat> it's a reminder of all that Jesus has done for us. And I'm going to uh, uh, officiate serving communion in just a bit. But I'd like to share something first. And I, I, I had a dream last month, and it really did have some spiritual significance for me. Uh, before I tell you the dream, though, I want to assure you <clears throat> that I'm not one of those people that believes every dream has 
uh, real heavy uh, spiritual significance or something like that. Uh, I can tell you for in, in my dream life, and I, I do dream vividly and, and graphically, but most of my dreams are just, you know, ramblings of my mind. Uh, to give you a, an example, just the night before I had the spiritual dream, I dreamed that my 92-year-old mom uh, was uh, there on the beach in Florida, that's where they live, and, and she was getting ready to gut and clean a great white shark that had just washed up on the shore. And I was saying, hey, wait and make sure that it's really dead before you begin to gut it. Now, you would have to know my mom to know that even in her 20s, she wouldn't be gutting fish or much less a great white shark. And so I say to try to let you know that I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to over-spiritualize dreams and that kind of thing. I believe, though, that sometimes dreams can have some spiritual significance. Uh, Pastor Poole, when I told him about this dream, he said, well, you know, the Bible says in the last days, old men will dream dreams. <laughs> Thank you. But this, this dream did have some spiritual significance, I believe. At least it, it did to me. And I dreamed that I was teaching the foundations class. And uh, it was not where I do it in, in classroom number five, but it was in an auditorium with stadium seating. And there was well over 100 people in this class. And I was just opening the class in prayer and felt the Spirit of God just come in on me. And I was praying a very simple prayer, but it was Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses, the blood of Jesus sets free, the blood of Jesus delivers. And I'm, I'm dreaming this, and I'm dreaming this prayer over this group. And as I am in my dream, I can hear as I'm praying in that dream, I can hear the response from the crowd that is there and you could just tell that revival was breaking out. And, uh, it, and, and so what I do believe is that we're gonna continue to see lives getting transformed. <laughs> and it was, it was a really powerful sense I had in that dream, but also so peaceful at the same time. And the impression that I received from the dream was that it's the simple gospel, the blood of Jesus that changes lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. If, I'm going to have to have some help from the back there because this is not turning. says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now, Paul wrote this in a time where a lot of people heard about Jesus and, and he was preaching the cross and the resurrection and they thought, oh, that's just foolishness. And you know, we are living in a time where technology has increased and many things have changed, but the attitudes of people and so many people are not so dissimilar to the time of Paul. There are a lot of people today that when you talk about Jesus and dying on the cross for our sins, they 
think it's just kind of foolishness. But you know, when a person receives Christ as their Lord and Savior, ask him to forgive them of their sins, you know what happens? The power of God comes in and transforms a life. Now, just before I had this dream and afterwards, I, I sensed the Spirit of God kind of just giving me a, an insight and, and an impression from the Scripture. And what it was, was the wording was, I have given you the sure mercies of David. And so I'm going to talk about the sure mercies of David this morning for a bit. Uh, it is the power of God released into our lives, and then we're going to receive communion together. Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 3 says, come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Now in the King James Version and in the New King James, verse three reads, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Now if you're taking notes, Acts chapter 13 and verse 34, quotes this about the sure mercies of David and applies it to Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us that we have become, through Jesus, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And so today, as we are in this place, you and I have been promised through Christ the sure mercies of David. Isn't that good? Now, I know that you may be thinking kind of like what I thought when I sensed this in my, in my dream about the sure mercies of David. I thought, yeah, I knew it was in the Bible, but I, I kind of wondered, well, uh, that's really great, but what does it mean? It helps to know what it means, doesn't it? The word mercies that's used in Isaiah 55 is from the Hebrew word hesed, and it means literally God's loving kindness, goodness, and favor toward us. That's a good thing, isn't it? Uh, Michael Card, an author and Hebrew scholar, wrote a whole book on God's mercy. He did a study on this word has said the Hebrew word, and it was so rich and so full that he wrote an entire book about it, and he defines mercy this way. When the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. And so if you're wondering what are the sure mercies of David, it means that even though in our own right or by our own merit, we may be able to expect nothing from God. Through Christ, he gives us everything. Yeah. 
Now that is God's mercy toward us. Now say, mercy me. Mercy me. It's all because of what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. I want to read verse 1 and 2 again of Isaiah 55. And, and it says, come, all who are thirsty. Aren't you glad for that? I love that word, come. I'm glad God speaks that to us, don't you? Aren't you? He says, come several times. He says, come, come, come. And the message of Jesus is come. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God isn't saying like many of us might feel, stay away, get away from me, you gross me out. But because Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood for us, the message to you and me is come. All who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, we were bankrupted spiritually, weren't we? Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Uh, makes me hungry just thinking about it. Amen. Uh, we're not going to keep you too long. In fact, we've got a snack for you before you go home today. <laughs> a little piece of bread going to spur your appetite on. You know, before we got saved, we were spiritually thirsty and hungry, weren't we? No matter what we drank or what we ate, it couldn't satisfy us, could it? Lots of us did stuff we would never want to be made public to try to fill the hole in our soul. But then we heard that Jesus died on the cross for us and paid the price that we could never have paid. And because of that, we have been forgiven when we receive him. We get saved, and he gives us what? Living water. He gives us the bread of life, and you know what he does? He satisfies our soul. Now tell yourself, I got a satisfied soul. Jesus made an everlasting covenant with us. It was a contract signed in his blood that guarantees us God's mercy. Now you and I can expect God's goodness, his loving kindness, and his favor toward us. The one from whom we had no right to expect anything gives us everything. And I love this in Isaiah 55 and verse 3. He says, incline your ear. Come to me. Here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. So I want to look for a little bit about what's included in the sure mercies of David. And there's so much here that I could never uh, be able to, to speak at all or, or illustrate at all in the few minutes that we have before communion. Some, tell somebody he said a few minutes.
And there go my few minutes. I think I'm going to. And so I want to talk about. I'm off the. Hold that. Yellow. They call me Mellow Yellow. I want to talk about two things that are included in the sure mercies of David. The first, it's talking about forgiveness. Now, David is one of the most remembered people in all of history, isn't he? Anybody who ever went to Sunday school as a kid or, or even people who never went to church in their entire lives have heard the story about David killing the giant Goliath with a rock. But listen, David is probably just as well known for his failure as he is for his victory. He committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. And then to cover that sin, when she came with child, he sent her husband into battle in the hottest part of the battle so that he would be killed. And so he commits adultery. He commits murder. And this could have been the end of the story for David. Our remembrance would have been only of his horrendous failure. But he called out to God and asked for mercy. And Psalm 51 verse 1 talks and it gives us David's prayer asking for forgiveness for uh, adultery and murder. And he cries out and he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And you know, God heard his prayer and he gave him mercy. And David went on to become uh, the greatest king in all of Israel's history. Solomon was probably second, I think, in, in the kings, uh, uh, the history of the kings of Israel. Uh, David went on to become the great, 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 so many great grandfather of Jesus Christ. And so today, the sure mercies of David, what it means and what it's talking about is forgiveness and restoration no matter how badly we failed in our lives, no matter how far we have fallen, God is there to offer us his mercy and his forgiveness. I believe there's a reason why it's called the sure mercies of David, because it's a sure thing. It's not, we, we should never be unsure about God's willingness to forgive us. Jesus paid too great a price on the cross for us to be unsure of whether he'll forgive us. He has forgiven all manner of sin over the years. He forgave David. He'll forgive us. Even if we have served God for a while and had a close relationship with him like David did before that sin, I'm, to, I'm here to tell you this morning that if we just call out for mercy, mercy is granted. Forgiveness is granted. It's not an unsure thing. It's a sure thing the sure mercies of David. Say sure thing. And then secondly, the sure mercies of David 
have to do with our complete acceptance by God. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, God spoke to the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse's house. Jesse had a number of sons, and God told Samuel, I want you to go and anoint one of those sons to be king in the place of Saul. He said, I'm, I'm done with Saul being king. I want you to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king. And so uh, uh, David wasn't even called to the party. He was one of the sons of Jesse, but uh, they had a party for Samuel coming, and he wasn't even invited to the party. And apparently, it didn't even occur to David's father or to anybody else, for that matter, that David might be the one God chose. He was overlooked. He was left out. And so all of David's brothers are brought in before Samuel. The first guy was, was big and burly and good-looking, and, and Samuel thought, it's even recorded, Samuel thought, surely this is the guy, and God said, no, uh-uh, that's not the guy. Another one came, and another, and another, through six sons, and each one, God said, that's not the one, and so finally, Samuel says, don't you have any more sons, and it seems almost like, a, like an afterthought to to David's father, and he says, well, there is the youngest one. Uh, he's kind of a, and I'm paraphrasing here, a sawed-off runt, but he's out with the sheep, but I'll call him. And he says, you need to call him. And when Samuel saw David, God spoke to him and said, that's the one. David was one who had been overlooked and left out. And today, all of us here know that feeling. When we were kids, maybe we didn't get chosen for the team. Maybe we didn't get invited to the party or something else. And, you know, that's not something, the feeling isn't something that necessarily we grow out of as we get older. There are lots of times in our lives where we may feel like we have been overlooked and left out. But listen, the sure mercies of David uh, ensure us that Jesus will never overlook us. He will never leave us out. Listen, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what that means? We're all invited to the party. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 6 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't that good? You know what that means? He chose us. I want you to say this with me this morning. He chose me. Now I want you to say, I am accepted in the beloved. Now say with me, I be loved. <laughs> it's horrible grammar, but it's good doctrine. The sure mercies of David are about our complete acceptance 
by God. And that's what communion is really all about as well. It's about what Jesus and a remembrance of what Jesus did for us when he died for us and shed his blood so that we could be accepted by God himself. Who would have ever thought that was possible? Uh, there are those of us here again that have stuff in our past that we would have never, you know, a lot of us never would have expected to be here this morning. Isn't that right? I can tell you, I never, I never expected to be here. I, when I was uh, in high school, I saw some friends of mine give their lives to Christ, uh, and I thought, well, that's good for them, but I never saw myself living the Christian life. Uh, I was doing other stuff. But then Jesus made himself known to me, changed my life, changed our lives, didn't he? And because of that, because of what he did, we have complete acceptance by God. Isn't that wonderful? Say, I'm forgiven, and I am completely accepted by God. Praise God. I'd like for the ushers to go ahead and, and make preparation for communion. This morning, as we are receiving communion together, the only requirement here at New Life Church, if you're visiting with us, to be involved and to participate in communion is that you're giving your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and came to the service today and you've never done that before. Or maybe like David, you had had a relationship with God at one time, but you went away and, and turned away from that relationship. And today you say, you know what? I'd just like to receive afresh that forgiveness that Jesus paid for by his blood. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody looking around for a moment. If you've never given your life to Christ, or if you had it one time or another, but you've been away from him, and, and today you say, you know what, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And I believe that in spite of what I've done, Jesus paid a price so great so that I could be forgiven. No one looking around for a moment. You say, would you include me in this prayer of forgiveness? I've never been saved or I've been away from God. Would you just slip your hand up where I can see it? God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We're going to pray together, and I'd like for you all to just repeat this prayer out with me. Would you pray this out loud with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you, forgive me. Come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. You did it for me. And I receive you into my heart. I am grateful that I am now forgiven and completely accepted by God the Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord thanks and just give him a clap offering and thank God? Praise God. The ushers are going to pass around the trays, uh, and if I could have someone bring one up here for me. As, as If you've never received communion here at, at Praise Chapel, if you... Uh, will notice there's a cup in a cup, so be careful taking the cups out. Uh, the lower cup has the bread in it. 
and the top one obviously has the juice, we'd ask that you would just hold onto the uh, cups while everyone is being served and we'll uh, receive together. As you take that bread and hold it in your hand, this is, this is a snack I promised you earlier, but all joking aside, what this bread symbolizes is the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for our healing. Isaiah prophesied about it in Isaiah 53 and said, by his stripes you are healed. First Peter picks up the thought and says, by his stripes we were healed. After Jesus had been beaten and those stripes had been laid on his back, Bible says and speaks to us a promise of healing, physical healing. So today if you're here and you have a problem in your body, you need healing in your body, you need healing in your emotions, you need healing in your mind, there are those of us here today that we need a touch from God. We need the healing power of Jesus Christ to touch us. Today, we're going to pray and receive the bread together, and I want to encourage all of us to dare to believe that by His stripes, we are healed. I want you to say, by His stripes, I am healed. And so, we're going to pray in just a moment over the bread, and as we do, I want to encourage you, no matter what it is in your body, if it's, if it's something as, as simple as, or it's not simple if you have it, a headache, maybe, maybe you have a problem with migraines, or you just got a headache, or back pain, or maybe you've gotten a bad report from the doctor and something that is very serious, maybe even terminal, and I want to encourage you this morning that by His stripes we were healed. We're going to believe God together for the healing power of Jesus to flow. There are those of us here that need God to touch us in our emotions, in our mind. Healing was purchased by the broken body of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? Has everyone been served? If you have not and would like to be, our ushers are looking for you right now. Would you just lift your hand if you have not been served? Praise God. All right, let's pray together. We're going to receive the bread together after we pray. Lord, we do thank you that by your stripes we were healed. Thank you for the price that you paid on the cross and before by the beating of your back, by the stripes laid on your back so that we could receive healing in our bodies, healing in our emotions, healing in our minds. And this morning we speak life and healing to every body that needs healing. We thank you for it. We praise you for it in your wonderful name. Thank you for the stripes that paid for our healing. We receive the bread thanking you for that miracle, for that healing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's receive together. After the bread was given to his disciples, Jesus raised the cup and he said, this is my cup. This is the blood of the new covenant. It was a new contract that God was making 
with man through the blood of Jesus. And because he shed his blood, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or forgiveness of sin. Blood had to be shed. He paid our price, didn't he? He shed his blood for us, didn't he? And what we're doing here is what Jesus asked us to do when he said, as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And across this building, that's exactly what we're doing. We're remembering what he did for us. And I want you to say it, he did it for me. And we're glad, aren't we? We are so thankful and we're remembering what he did for us. Thank God we can know because the blood was shed that our sins are completely forgiven. He didn't hold anything against us. There's nothing between us and God to hinder. Can you say amen? From God's vantage point. And this morning there are too many believers that question and wonder, you know, how is it that God could do that? How is it possible that these things that were in my life could be forgiven? Let me tell you, because the blood of Jesus is a sure thing. And I want you to tell yourself, it's a sure thing. My forgiveness. Praise God. Let's bow our heads and let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. And today, I take authority over every condemning spirit. Lord, I pray for grace to flow and the reality of the power of the blood of Jesus to calm troubled minds and hearts today. God, I pray that as we receive this cup together, as we do in remembrance of you, Lord, that we have an assurance of what you paid for us and the reality of that forgiveness. We praise you. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us in your wonderful name, the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's receive together. Now, if you would, just stand to your feet. Put your, the cups there on the chair beside you. And let's take a moment. Uh, we have remembered what he did uh, and for our healing, for the forgiveness of our sin. Now let's take a, just a moment and let's make a little noise and thank God for what he's done, would you? Let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for our complete acceptance by God the Father. We praise you. We thank you in your wonderful name. Ain't God good? Praise God. We're, uh, we're going to release you with the blessing of God. Our prayer team will be up here in the front. If you'd like individual prayer uh, for a particular need, you come and avail yourself to that. Be friendly with each other. Encourage each other on your way out. I want you to say this. I'm forgiven. I am completely accepted by God the Father. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.